Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. The Seahawks 2020 schedule has been released. And joining me to run through the schedule preseason and regular season is Stuart Court from the Pedestrian Podcast, the podcast for the UK Seahawkers. Stuart, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been a it's been a, a little while since we last spoke on official channels. I know, although I I hear you almost every week that you guys are putting out <laughs> shows, so it doesn't feel like I've missed you at all. <laughs> same, same. That's, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, Stu, we have the 2020 schedule out, and uh, it's there's some interesting things, especially with preseason. We can hit that real quick because I know people are going to want to get to the regular season games. They probably already looked at the schedule, but. Just looking at the the preseason game, still dates to be announced and times, but kicking off week one in the preseason against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's going to be in Seattle. Usually that's a week four matchup between yeah. the two teams. And uh, and then you have the L.A. Chargers week three and then the road games in the preseason at the Houston Texans, not a usual preseason team and at the Minnesota Vikings week four. Yeah, I mean, it's in a year where everything's different as we're used to i guess the raiders in week one preseason kind of fits nicely into that doesn't it <laughs> just just turn it all upside down <laughs> yeah it kind of like it's it's, it's 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 keeping the same track of what the first four months have been this year exactly. I guess. all right well starting off the seahawks go on the road to kick off the season and they're doing it against the former defensive coordinator dan quinn in atlanta a sunday 10 a.m pacific start game and uh, against a Falcons team that added A.J. Terrell, cornerback from Clemson in the draft. They added Todd Gurley from the Rams, as well as Dante Fowler, the defensive end. They also made some trades. Defensive end Charles Harris from the Dolphins. Hayden Hurst, they got him from the Ravens. And uh, they've lost a few players, too. But here we go. Week one against the seven and nine Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, of the Falcons fans I know, the, there's a bit of a dead man walking kind of feel to everyone in that franchise this season, I think. So, but as we historically, we don't really start seasons great. Obviously, John Ross had about 4,000 yards in week one last year. Then, obviously, the Dolphins a few years before the Broncos. So, it's it's, it's not an ideal place to start because there could be a case of nothing to lose in this season. They've got everything the, the, up against it somewhat in a public perception i think down there so it's it's a it's a challenging start on the road and the 10 a.m is just another um thing on top of all that i think well this balances it out Stu, because just think back now to all the 10 a.m pacific start games that the seahawks have won i feel like they flipped this 10 a.m start on its head and so now now they have this uh instead of starting out slow they have this uh this boost that they can get knowing that they have a nice little run going on uh, 10 a.m pacific games on the east coast yeah yeah that's true i mean they, was it four and four they were at home last year i guess so it is it may, maybe maybe they can continue that and then spend the next few weeks after that sorting 
out what which is a problematic home run last year yeah i'm counting on it so yeah the <laughs> the falcons uh definitely when you look at their additions versus their subtractions i mean they lost austin hooper they lost desmond trufant to the lions uh vic beasley went to the titans and adrian claiborne to the browns so uh it, it feels like they've you know they, they've Brought in a couple guys, lost quite a few, and uh, I'm not scared about seeing Todd Gurley again. So let's go on to week two and the New England Patriots. They won their division last year, 12 and four, but uh, they have they, they've lost some pretty significant players like a guy named Tom Brady. And we're going to get the Patriots on Sunday night football to kick things off for our home opener. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, currently it's the Jarrett Stidham, Russell Wilson game, we, we never really realized we needed or... <laughs> We're going to get, I guess, up until a few weeks ago. But it's, I mean, if there's a time to play Belichick, I guess it's earlier before he sorts out all the kinks they're probably going to have on their offensive side of the ball because obviously Gronkowski's back in the league, but he's not back in New England. They've only really got Julian Edelman and then a, a bunch of names, which is what they've had for most of the Bill Belichick year, years, really. But this year, even more without that guy at quarterback, it kind of, is more glaring without him at quarterback, isn't it? So it's it's not a bad time to play. And obviously the last time we played him in Seattle, that was kind of the first Russell Wilson game, wasn't it? I'd, I'd imagine back in 2012, the comeback against that team and it's you mad bro game as well, wasn't it? That's the last time I remember the them being in Seattle. So yeah, you mad bro, the, the touchdown pass to Sidney Rice. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, That was Russell Wilson's, yeah, kind of a coming out game for him. And yeah, going up against it's it's going to be a different team and a different feel, uh, but it's still going to be Belichick and the Patriots. So I I do like that. That's uh, kind of how we kick things off. And you know, the Patriots are a team too that I, I think you alluded to this. They're kind of a slow starting team. So once it gets to week three or week four, people are going to go and be saying, "Oh, is, is this Patriots team now that uh, Tom Brady's gone?" And then they'll probably go on some crazy run to end the season and still <laughs> win their division. Yeah, I mean, I think the Patriots for the last five years have only played in two games, and that's the AFT title game, and then maybe the Super Bowl. I think, I think, I think they just they just kind of muck around for sixteen, seventeen weeks, and then just roll it roll it up into the. They're just going to be there in that division, I think, for the last few years, maybe not this year, but yeah, this it's it's going to be interesting. And like I said, I think playing them early could be of benefit to us because yeah, the the the, the Boston fan base might be still a bit. Uh, Tampa Bay Raw, I think, I guess is how it's been put at the minute. <laughs> well, and maybe maybe they'll start off the season with Brian Hoyer at quarterback too. We, we don't know. That's well, they... that's kind of their one big addition this off season. <laughs> God, I, you know, I did not even know. I thought it was just Jarrett Stidham and then the bodies. I guess I, I, I didn't Hoyer the Destroyer is back, Stu. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get Matt Castle money in twenty twenty one free agency. I guess Devin McCourty coming back. They uh, put the franchise yeah. tag on Joe Thune, but they lose Kyle Van Noy to the Dolphins, Jamie Collins to the Lions, and Danny Shelton to the Lions too. So quite so, a few. So all, so all all the ex Patriots coach coaches when them plucked Patriots players as they do. Yeah, every except for year. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, week three, back-to-back home games for the Seahawks, and this one going up against the 8-8 eight and eight Dallas Cowboys. They just missed out on a playoff spot last year. This is a 125 start time on Sunday, and going up against new head coach Mike McCarthy. Yeah, and also, obviously, new quarterback Andy Dalton as well, isn't it, by week three in, in Dallas? So. Dak Prescott's going to be, <laughs> he, he, if, if he sits out, he'll be, he'll be back by week three. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think of all of all the draft classes I pay attention to, apart from the Seahawks, obviously, I think the Cowboys absolutely nailed their draft. Uh, they got CD Lamb, they got the cornerback in round mm. two. They just absolutely blitzed it. So they, they are, uh, I mean, they're putting the toys and weapons around Dak Prescott. They're adding to a defense which already has people like Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. And then you got Demarcus Lawrence as well in front of him. It's a, it's a. I mean, they've lost some players. Obviously, Byron Jones went to the Dolphins, but I think they could be one of those NFC teams if Mike McCarthy kind of just kind of proves that the final couple of years in Green Bay was a blip and more on other as- aspects rather than just his coaching ability. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to be an interesting team to watch this year. They they have you, you alluded to a couple of the losses there. Travis Frederick also retired this offseason. Um, Randall Cobb, he left for the Texans. You got Jason Witten left for the Raiders. I, I, that must have missed my radar. That, uh, <laughs> that's kind of weird that Jason Witten's going to play for another team. Uh, mm. But then they uh, some big additions. Gerald McCoy, they get him from Carolina. They signed Alden Smith, um, who last played for the Raiders, played for the 49ers a while back. He's back into the league. And they got Greg Zerline, the kicker from the Rams. Yeah, so last week on the Ped Pod, we, we started doing rewatches of 2013 season. We watched the week two game against the 49ers where we won. And Alden Smith, I think Paul McQuiston is still seeing Alden Smith in these nightmares from seven years ago. He tortured uh, our airline that night. So hopefully Dwayne Brown and whoever is left guard by week three kind of hold fair up better than they do against and they're back in the league, Alden Smith, because yeah. it's, it's it's not pretty view in seven years ago. And hopefully it's not a repeat because if he if he kind of hits the ground running, he's a. He's a legitimate threat, isn't he, on that edge opposite Lawrence? Yeah, it's that's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from being out of the league for a couple of years. And maybe, I mean, have we even heard he, if he's free of suspensions? Because uh, he might have to be serving a, a few weeks suspension, and and so he might have to sit out the beginning of the season. We'll have to we'll have to watch that. Yeah, that's true. So week four hitting the road, and this is the first game of October back to the East Coast for another 10 a.m. start time, and this is in Miami, but it's Miami in October rather than Miami in September, and I I feel like that's a win for the Seahawks going up against the (laughs) Dolphins in October, and maybe when it's not so hot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the kind of thing we've got. In a few weeks, we'll get to the trip to Arizona, which is always better in late October rather than late September. I think it's the same there, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because no one really knows what that Dolphins team's going to look like. Obviously, they've got the new quarterback with the the best quarterback number in number one on his jersey so yeah it's 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 they're they're a bit of an unknown team kind of the same way the patriots are a couple weeks before yeah brian flores coming in for his second year and uh, he brings chan gailey in the former jets offensive coordinator Uh, i think he took over for brian schottenheimer when he was for the jets and Uh so he's making his second stint as the dolphins oc uh back in 2000 in 2001, he was there. Uh, Josh Boyer promoted from cornerback coach. He's going to be their new DC. And they've been loading up on guys. I mean, mm. Tua, the, the, as their quarterback with the fifth overall pick, they get Austin Jackson in the first round, too. No, Igbenogany, the cornerback from Auburn. Yeah, the, the kid from Auburn. That's what we'll, that's, that's what, that's what we'll call him. No, yeah, I, I, I nailed that on my first tries, too. <laughs> when, when, when people hear this, they're going to go, oh, yeah, he, he didn't struggle with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the only thing with, with Noah is um, that he's picked 46, which is not a cornerback's number. So hopefully he addresses that once the rosters are cut. Oh, yeah. Before the season starts, because yeah, there is a, a big number 
issue there. But yeah, it's a, I mean, they, they finished the season really strong with Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. And obviously Josh Rosen's still there, I think. So yeah, they're, they're going to be an interesting team and the AFC East is, they're not going to have a better chance in the AFC East as, in, as they have in the last decade, really this year, are they? So they're going to be at it as, as we say over here. Yeah. I feel like they're going to do better than their five and 11 record last year, but yeah, I mean, you never know. They're throwing a lot of guys together. They're bringing Byron Jones from the Cowboys, Kyle Van Noy from the Patriots, Shaq Lawson from the Bills. Uh, they got Eric Flowers from the Skins. So quite a few different players signed this offseason along with those draft picks. So by week four, maybe they'll have it together. So moving on to week five, Sunday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. And that's uh, another primetime game there and against a playoff team, the 10-6 and six Vikings last year. Yeah, I mean, they've obviously lost Stefan Diggs. He was traded to the Bills for quite a few picks. So they replaced him with um, Justin Jefferson in the draft. So it, it, their offense could look a bit different. I think Phelan is the clear number one guy. But it's, they're, they're, I mean, we see always the thing with Kirk Cousins hasn't really changed, does it, much? It's always the prime time, the big game atmosphere. So hopefully <laughs> that being in Seattle helps that and then put it on prime time helps it even more because although the Davin Cook injury last year kind of probably aided our chances quite a bit in that one. Yeah. You'd expect that the Seahawks will be um they've they've learnt from that as, as so as it was. And um yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a tough home game, but I think it does the prime time aspect kind of adds a couple of points on the spread, I think. Uh in Seahawks favour if there are fans in the in the stands obviously by this point. Yeah, we will we'll definitely have to see about that. Uh, some departures. You mentioned Diggs, Linval Joseph, a guy who went to the Chargers. Trey Waynes, their corner, went to the Bengals. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, I don't even know if he's been signed by anybody yet. He went to the Colts. Ah, yeah. Uh, Everson Griffin, he hasn't been signed yet. I know that. I'm, that that's the name <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, they bring back Dan Bailey, Anthony Harris. They have the franchise tag on him. CJ Ham, the fullback, gave him a four-year deal. And then they added Michael Pierce, a defensive tackle from the Ravens, kind of filling in behind Limbaugh Joseph there. So, uh, and then they got uh, oh Jeff Gladney, the other uh, their other first round pick, right out of TCU, the corner. Yeah, I'm unsure half of those names you just said are real people. So, uh, we'll <laughs> interesting to see what happens in week five, uh, week week five, and then obviously I'll probably regret saying that on a recorded <laughs> audio file, but never mind. <laughs> Yeah, well, one um, interesting coaching change I saw for the Vikings, uh, Adam Zimmer and Andrew Patterson are co-defensive coordinators. So Mike Zimmer, given his kid the, the co-defensive coordinator gig. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we could talk about nepotism in the NFL, but... No, no, I, I, it, it, that it, doesn't it, happen it, on the Seahawks, Stu, so we, we, should, we don't even want to talk about it. That's what I was going to say. We can't really say it when you take a, what, a, a, what, a half-inch scroll down the coaching stuff. <laughs> page on the website and see the, the surname carol about four times i think yeah we don't need to go there uh it is kind of funny the nepotism in, in college football though isn't it now, gary kubiak yeah, yeah. another coaching change he's taken over as the offensive coordinator for the vikings yeah he's obviously got uh head coach experience and kind of his health got in the way of him right a, a few years ago didn't it so obviously he's feeling better and yeah that could be that could be a nice change for the offense. Obviously, they lost digs, and they might approach things differently and more better suited to what Cousins can do. If they can uh, stay healthy in the in the run game, to, that could help out Kirk Cousins for sure. So, yeah. moving on, week six, a bye, kind of an early season bye. I know we never really care to see that too much. 
No, it's no, it's it, that's not great. Um, this is usually the time where the London games are kicking off. So in a normal year, I'll, I'll probably try and approach one of those games. Obviously, they ain't happening this year, which is a shame because I think the Dolphins game we've talked about a few minutes ago that was one of the games being heavily rumoured for coming over here. So yeah, it's going to be a, a, a weird spare week in October. So I have to f- find something to do. I mean, I might have run out of things to do by then if this carries on. Hopefully everything is well and you guys can make your annual trip out to Seattle this year. Yeah, I, I don't think that'll be happening this year, to be quite honest. Try again in 2021 when everything's a bit more. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big swing to try and make with not really knowing what's going to happen uh, yeah. uh, come, come game time. So, yeah. Week seven. So they got a bye week and then they go into their first NFC West game against the five and 10 Arizona Cardinals. Second year of Cliff Kingsbury, a lot of additions this year for the Cardinals. They get DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, in the trade with the Texans, giving up David Johnson. They uh, get Jordan Phillips, defensive tackle from the Bills, Devon Kennard from Detroit. And they re-sign Kenyon Drake on a transition tag. They bring back Larry Fitzgerald for another year. And they give their left tackle, DJ Humphreys, a big contract, too. What have the Seahawks done to, to the league to build... Bill O'Brien, because like we've, we've talked about the AFC, it's been the last decade, it's all Tom Brady, it's all the Patriots, so it's going to be in the playoffs every year. Obviously, he's not there now, so it's, that division's finally open, possibly, but the NFC West is ridiculous. We like, we kind of see the, f- the fall down somewhat of the Rams last year, and the Cardinals kind of emerge slightly with Kyler and Larry Fitzgerald, Kenyon Drake later in the season, and then they go and add arguably the best wide receiver in the league to a pretty good quarterback which will make the best of his the black wide receivers talents it's just it's unfair after a certain point and then they go and add isaiah simmons in the draft as well and it's kind my, of like my draft crush who just falls to their lap with yeah. the eighth overall pick yeah i mean it's just it's, at, at, at a certain point you've got to kind of like put your foot down and ask like not not maybe for full relocation just like I don't know, like just tighten the salary cap on the other three teams in the West. I don't know. I don't know if that's workable, but but um, but also on Isaiah Simmons, I read a, a revisit mock draft last night from Dane Brugler, who writes for the Athletic, and annoyingly he had at the Seahawks selecting Isaiah Simmons a year ago, which I saw is that. <laughs> which I did need to read that, but I did. But never mind. But yeah, it's unfair, and it's going to be. I I I think they could they could quite feasibly win the NFC West this year because I think Kyle Murray looks incredibly good nook hopkins is ridiculous uh christian kurt looked quite good larry is larry their defense looks relatively good buddha baker flying around in the defensive backfield they've got Byron murphy at cornerback and then they've got, they've got the wild card of simmons i think they're going to be a, a really tough out this year i would not be surprised if they're in the shake-up as it were come the end of december i i feel like their ceiling to me is eight and eight uh no i, I I'm, I'm not sure. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think they're really going to hit. I think the not Hopkins trades. Is, I don't think a move this offseason has made such a big difference to a team as that move has for them. I think he's perfect for Kyler. I, I don't think they're going to be in the mix this year. They're they're on my radar though now. So yeah, that's uh, fair. this is uh, we, we can just uh, we can disagree on this one. It's fine, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. Week eight back-to-back NFC West games. This time taking on the San Francisco 49ers. We get him in our house to start the year, and this is uh, 125 start time on Sunday. And uh, 13 and three last year. And for their additions and departures, they've kind of 
evened out because they lose Joe Staley to retirement, but they get Trent Williams in a trade with Washington. Uh, they lose Garrett Selleck, uh, which maybe isn't that big of a deal. They lose DeForest Buckner, <laughs> uh, but then uh, they also re-sign Eric Armstead, and then you know, they get Javon Kinlaw in the draft to help out the middle as well. They lose Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints, and then they get Travis Benjamin from the Chargers. So it feels like it's kind of equaling out on some of these. Yeah, I think the best thing about this is that we won't have to hear Joe Tessator shout the word Debo for three hours every time he touches the ball because he's probably still going to get the ball a lot in 2020. But they're, they're, like you said, they've kind of they replaced Buckner with this year's DeForest Buckner and Javon Kinlaw. They traded away Marcus Goodwin and they then they brought in a pretty much like for like and uh, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State in the draft. They've kind of, I mean, they. Joe Staley retires and 25 minutes later they draft for Trent Williams. It's kind of, they, they haven't really took a step back when you come, especially when you compare it to how the Rams kind of spent their last off season after a Super Bowl loss. The, the 49ers have kind of kept on track whether they've jumped up a notch is obviously to be seen when games start with, with the additions of like, uh, with Ayuk and uh, Kinlaw, but they, they kind of seem to be the same as they were, but in a positive way, if that makes sense, but which is also obviously could be a negative for the Seahawks. Well, I do think that the best the 49ers can hope for is a lateral step with a lot of those moves because Emmanuel Sanders was so good and expecting Brandon Ayuk to come in and and fill the shoes of Sanders right away is a, is a big thing to expect. Same with Javon Kinlaw and DeForest Buckner. I mean, for him to do to come in and do DeForest Buckner things right away, I would be very upset and that would bother me. <laughs> and uh, and then Trent Williams, you know, he hasn't been in the league this last year, but I I do feel like he he should be able to come in and and do the same, you know, Joe Joe Staley things. Yeah, it's it's a very Andrew look to pay, from Peyton Manning kind of move, isn't yeah. it? They've kind of gone from one, well, that's that position sorted for the next few years, and they've done that at left tackle, which is a position pretty hard to do that, at, and probably is something we're going to watch to see what's trying to do the next couple of years with Dwayne Brown getting up in years as they say yeah so we get that game to kick off november so just one home game in october with a vikings game on sunday night football so well that's kind of a bummer but yeah. uh this is the fourth game at home for the seahawks and then we have back-to-back -back road games starting with week nine going on to the road to another 10 a.m start time pacific against the 10 and 6 buffalo bills yeah, so we talked about uh, Miami in October, uh, Arizona in October. I think Buffalo in November is kind of like the Switzerland of that. It could be worse, but it could be better. Yeah, it's early November. It's yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry. I mean, there could be snow in in early yeah. November, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not going to be one of those the worst snow games like you see <laughs> usually in December. No, it's yeah, like if if they throw a dildo on the field, we're going to see it kind of thing. <laughs> yes. I think that's the best. But, but yeah, I think they're another team who have the Stefan Diggs trade is going to be interesting. I mean, a lot of talk, people talk about Alan Robinson being the, most, the luckiest receiver in the league because he's obviously gone from Blake Bortles to Mitch Trubisky. But Stefan Diggs has gone from Kirk Cousins to Josh Allen. I mean, that's not great. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, approach things. Obviously, uh, Frank Gore's not there anymore. He's he's completing his NFC's, uh, AFC's tour with the with the Jets, but that offense is kind of all set up to be a powerful unit. It's just if the quarterback can push them towards that, because he, he, 
he probably has more limitations on than any player on that team because they are a deep that's a deep deep roster the Bills have built up there. Yeah, I you know everybody's down on Josh Allen. I think he could be he could I might even be pretty good going into this year. This is going to be his third season. He's got Stephon Diggs. If the offensive line keeps him upright and they've got a good defense, I I think the way that Allen is coached, you know, he only threw nine interceptions last year, so taking care of the football. And uh, I I think the Bills, I think this is going to be their division to lose, actually. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But it, it, that AFC is is open, but I think they're they're all right. They're 50, the fifty three men they're going to put on their final roster in inverted commas is is going to be the best one in that division. But I think the thing holding back that team is as we stand currently is the quarterback. Cause I think everything else is there for that team to be the top five, top six team in the power rankings as the season progresses. Cause this just, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they've got two legitimate starters pretty much at every position. It's, it's a, it's a really impressive job that um, McDermott's done up there in the last few years. Yeah. They've done a pretty good job. They lose Jordan Phillips to the Cardinals. They lose Shaq Lawson to the dolphins, but they bring in Quentin Jefferson from the Seahawks. They bring in Mario Addison from the Panthers, and I, I feel like those are, are pretty good moves. Vernon Butler, they get him from the Panthers, too, for the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah, they bring in Josh Norman. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what uh, if he can kind of resurrect his career in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, like, there's as, as, as a bit of a player in recent history who's had a, a shorter stint on, on a perch as Josh Norman. He basically had, like, a season, didn't he? And, like, since then, he kind of actually ran his way out of Carolina and threw every expletive at David Gettleman on the way out. And then kind of, I mean, this, the gif of Doug Baldwin taking him out of the stadium pretty much Yeah, against the Seahawks a few years ago. He just, that's not, yeah, I'm not sure he's, I, I'd expect more from maybe Dane Jackson. who's one of their later round rookies. He's a, he's a nice, he was at Pittsburgh, a nice cornerback. So he could be someone who could plug in straight away. But yeah, like, they're, they're a really good team, so I'm not looking forward to that. The only guy I could put on that similar level as Josh Norman is maybe Tremaine Johnson after he left the Rams. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's 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 a free agent. Now, he's still he? out there. He's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's a good one. All right, Stu. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we will finish off the rest of the Seahawks schedule. to Stuart Court of the Pedestrian Podcast, the UK Seahawkers Podcast, and we are breaking down the Seahawks 2020 schedule. Stu, let's move on to week 10. As I said, we we got this is the part of the schedule where we have back-to-back road games. And so from Buffalo to the LA Rams 9 and 7, they would have made it into the playoffs under the new seven-team format. And uh, so I don't know if we count them necessarily as a, a playoff <laughs> team, but uh, they they've lost Holy smokes of the of the teams that have lost talent uh, on their team this offseason. I mean, going down the list of departures for the Rams, Brandon Cooks gets traded to the Texans. Dante Fowler goes to the Falcons. Corey Littleton goes to the Raiders. Gurley to the Falcons. Nikel Roby Coleman goes to the Eagles. Greg Zerline to the Cowboys. Clay Matthews is a free agent. Eric Weddle retires. So uh, I and there's probably even more that uh, that I'm leaving off the list. Those are the highlights. But the the biggest thing for the Rams is that they're still paying Jared Goff $134 million. So n- nothing else will ever make up for that because they're still paying a 
bad quarterback that much money. So yeah, I think he has the biggest cap hit in the entire NFL this upcoming season. It's, it's, it will never not be funny. <laughs> <laughs> They've got uh, a new offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. McVeigh's still going to be calling the plays, but they have an OC. Uh, and Brandon Staley, who coached linebackers in Denver, is going to be their defensive coordinator now with Wade Phillips gone. Yeah, I think, well, as we said, after the Super Bowl last year, the Rams kind of took a step back, which we haven't seen the 49ers take in the, in the context of moves, at least. But yeah, the, the, that window shut quick on this team. Um, obviously, Todd Gurley kind of fell apart. Well, in the Super Bowl run, really, didn't he? And then obviously didn't really do much last year. They've got Daryl Henderson back there now. So this they're, they're going to be, they're just the original game, so it's all going to be edgy and a bit gnarly, maybe. But yeah, this Rams team. But, but going from Buffalo to LA, is like over here we do Land's End to John and Groats, and this is the NFL, NFL equivalent, I think. You could not get two further away road trips, could you? Well, and I think part of the thinking of going to the Bills and then coming back home, at least with it being back-to-back road games, at least it's a West Coast trip. So um, yeah. it could be worse. You could you know put us back-to-back and have us going back to the East Coast again. I know Pete Carroll, he doesn't tend to do those um, stay on the East Coast type games that some people try and do. So I think staying on the West Coast, I feel like that's uh, it's kind of a break. It's it's not the worst thing to me. No, well, at least the home game isn't 10 a.m. I guess that would be more of an issue. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not ideal. And it's also in the middle of the season. There's no bye week after it because obviously we've already had it by this point. So it's going to be interesting how they deal with that because it's not, I mean, it's literally slap bang in the middle of the, of the schedule, so it's not ideal. Yeah, well, the the other thing I suppose that isn't ideal, the fact that they do go on the, the long road trip to Buffalo, they come back, they have the second back-to-back road game with the Rams, and then it's a short week back home. At least it's back home for Thursday night football, and this is their second matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, that is... It's usually the Rams on Thursday night, isn't it? That's been the last couple of years. So that'll be a, ref- a refreshing change, like Oakland in week one of the preseason. But yeah, I mean, this is not a, this is not the friendliest uh, a month of games, is it? I guess it's kind of, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not great. But the Cardinals, as I said a few minutes ago, they, I think they're going to be a tough out. And we seem to have a habit of having more trouble with them in our backyard before the cursed type deal we have. <laughs> in their backyard so it's a it's 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 a weirdly unpleasant uh rivalry if you want to put it that but yeah i feel like our issues with arizona especially at home have always been in the week 16 or week 17 game and so now we're moved up a little bit so that maybe maybe that ends up being a good thing we we don't overlook the cardinals like in past years maybe yeah, well, I talked about earlier about the NFC west and we've obviously done something to upset someone maybe the 58 nil what was it 2012, 2011 kind of upset everybody? We've kind of just been paying for that ever since. Which maybe John Scouton is kind of like got a, one of those dolls, <laughs> just putting pins in it every time we play them in Seattle. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, that could be. I don't know if I would give that up though. That 58 to, to nothing game. <laughs> oh, no, is, no, no, uh, no. I, I want to hold on to that. Yeah. Well, they go from Thursday night, they get their extended bye week then, but it is on the road and going back to the East Coast, but not a 10 a.m. start time. It's a Monday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So not only is it a a mini bye week, but they get to go all the way until Monday, 
and take on the Eagles. And, you know, Eagles fans are going to be looking for if if Jadevian Clowney is back on the Seahawks, this is going to be an Eagles revenge game. It might be an Eagles revenge game anyway. Yeah, and this 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 can be a tasty atmosphere, I think, as well, because yeah, I mean, it's never pleasant going to Philadelphia the best of times, but that you'd expect them to be in the shout with the NFC East because that division kind of, to a lesser extent, is going to be like NFC West like and eating itself somewhat because the teams are all on a similar level, seem to play each other on a similar level, so it's going to be tough. And they've they've made some interesting moves. They've got a lot more speed and offense than they had last year. Obviously, Jalen Riga. Uh, they got uh, Marquis Goodwin. Deshaun Jackson's uh, shell of a body may be trotted out by this point um, of the season as well. So, and it all really depends on who or what their quarterback is, because obviously they had the, one of the more surprising picks in Jalen Hurts in the second round. He's oh, I would love it if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback by week twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, Carson I, Wentz is going to be their quarterback unless he's hurt by week twelve. I, I'd imagine so, but I'm, I'm. This is not scheduled late. I'm I'm really starting to get an Andrew Luck vibe from Carson Wentz. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, he's just he just does not seem to be his comment last year about last week about concussions and everything. So it would not surprise me if maybe not this year, but I don't see Carson Wentz being a 10, 15 year quarterback in the league. Hmm. If they, you know, then that would have been more of a mistake than to to pass up on Jordan Love with that twenty first pick and take a different wide receiver in round two. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think Jalen Hurts is, is going to be quite good, to be quite honest. But it's 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 a, it's a strange pick in the current context of it. But if my feelings are accurate in the next couple of years, then I think it would make a hell of a lot of sense in hindsight, which is obviously 2020, no matter what happens. All right, I'm writing this down. Disagreement point number two, Jalen Hurts is going to be good. <laughs> I... <laughs> Maybe I'm down on the Oklahoma quarterbacks, which is, uh, you know, with Kyler Murray, I, I, I feel like they're going to be average in Arizona. Jalen Hurts is going to be, he might be an okay backup. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah. Philadelphia Eagles also added Darius Slay in a trade with the Lions. They get Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle from the Steelers. They got Nikel Roby Coleman from the Rams, and they re-signed Rodney McLeod. Uh, but they lost uh, Vitae, their offensive lineman. He went to the Lions. Malcolm Jenkins went to the Saints. And uh, Darren Sproles retired, but he stays on as a coach with the team. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins and Darren Sproles are kind of like it's it, again, it's in line with everything being a bit different in 2020. It's gonna be weird not seeing Malcolm Jenkins in an Eagles uniform, and yeah. weird seeing Darren Sproles not get 80 yards all of a sudden. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be strange. But yeah, like I think I think Darius Slay move was very much needed for the Eagles. They didn't really seem to have anyone at quarterback. I think we saw that with Malik Turner. Uh, Right. Getting his touchdown in Philadelphia. DK Metcalf had a day in the playoffs as well. So, um, Darius Slay. And Roby Coleman, the, for one year, 1.35 million. I, I feel like that's a steal from the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I, let's hope they play the Saints this year and he can really annoy Sean Payton all over again. That'd be fun <laughs> to see Sean Payton pout for a bit longer. That would be fun. <laughs> well, the Seahawks come back home for back to back home games to kick off December. And they started against the New York Giants, 4-12 and last year. They have a new head coach with Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, clapping his way to the OC position for the <laughs> Giants. And Patrick Graham, the former defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, is in New York now. 
yeah, I've never heard of that person, so I, I, I didn't know who was a TC before. But this is the Golden Tate game, isn't it? Uh, hopefully he's still uh, fit and healthy by this point. But, I mean, Golden Tate's one of my favourite Seahawks players of all time, really. So it'll be fun to see him back in centre field, obviously being overthrown and missed uh, throws by his quarterback, Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, Eli Manning, no longer in uh, Giants uniform. He retired this year. And let's see other additions. They got Andrew Thomas, so some protection for Daniel Jones with the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, they also added Blake Martinez, Kyler Fackrell, uh, two Packers linebackers, kind of interesting there, and uh, James Bradbury, the corner from the Panthers. Those moves don't scare me, though. No, I was going to say that they're, like, they're literally just, again, the names I'm not even sure of. Obviously, Fackrell, I think Fackrell had a good game against us. He did. <laughs> he went, he went crazy ago, against he? Russell Wilson a couple years back. Yeah, Blake Martinez has kind of just got the Packers hype, I think. And this, yeah, I mean, about Golden Tate, Darius Slayton looked nice last year. Evan Engram is always injured, it seems. Obviously, they've got Saquon as well. This isn't a team which, as we sit here now, it doesn't really set the scaries on me, but who knows by this point. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be just happy to see Golden Tate play in Seattle again, obviously, on the opposite sideline. Yeah. Well, from one New York team in week 13 to another New York team in week 14. So back-to-back games against New York teams. And Adam Gase and the New York Jets come to Seattle. They were 7-9 and nine last year. But they've they've made a few moves in the offseason, like getting George Fant, which, you know, I mean, that's got to be a move of the offseason for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, George Fant getting, was it $8 million per year? $10 million. Three made- years, $30 million for George Fant. In sanity. And uh, does it Jermaine Effetti got league minimum? Um, I mean, I know Effetti's not most popular with Seahawks players in recent history, but if you'd have told me who was going to get the 10 million year deal, I'd have probably got the other way around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It probably should have been that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there must be a thing in New Jersey sports law where you can spend a high draft pick on a quarterback and then not bother to put any receiving weapons for those quarterbacks. Just let them kind of die behind a, a subpar airline because yeah yeah they, they drafted Denzel Mims they've got Le'Veon Bell but they don't they have I mean they let Robbie Anderson walk for very minimal money they did get Brashad Perryman and, from the Bucks. I mean yeah <laughs> I mean that's yeah. something I mean he's a first round pick but yeah so was I don't know Dwayne Fede <laughs> sure <laughs> so I'm not sure um yeah the, the, the Jets kind of like we talked about the Dolphins and Bills. They have kind of not made the most of the Brady opportunity, I think. And that's kind of, yeah. Um, if, if anyone's going to finish bottom of that division, I think it's going to be the Jets because I don't think Sam Donald might be good. I'm not sure he is, but they're not giving them any chance to, to show if he is good or not because they're just not helping. I mean, letting Robbie Anderson what made no sense at all. Yeah. Well, they did, the, the, where they did go crazy this offseason was on the offensive line. They drafted Mackay Becton out of Louisville. Mentioned Fant. Uh, they got the center, Connor McGovern from Denver, and uh, Greg Van Roten from the Panthers, who I don't know if, I, I think he might have been a backup guard. I don't think he's, but they, they're making moves. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Beckton was my favorite player in the draft, I think, this year, because he was just, he's the largest human being in the draft, and he just moved like he was Darren Sproles 15 years ago. He's he's unbelievable. So if, if Clowney does come back, and if Clowney is still uh, fit and healthy by then, that is going to be a fun matchup to potentially watch. Obviously, there's a lot of if-buts with that one. But yeah, Beckton's fun, Fant have overpaid, and they just haven't give 
Donald anyone to throw to defensively. No idea. <laughs> so who's going? Who do you think is going to be starting as left tackle come week fourteen for the Jets? Do you think is Becton going to play on the right side, or is Fant going to end up playing on the right side? Uh, I reckon Becton. They might put him on the right. I mean, he's so athletic; it's insane. Like he's he's massive, and he can just move so lightly. So I wouldn't be surprised. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Fant at right tackle and then hopefully no one realizes they paid him so much money for a right tackle because obviously the um the, the Raiders did that with Trent Brown last year. He was a right tackle for the Patriots and got paid all the money. So maybe that's what they're doing, but it's it's gonna be hard for him not to play Beckton because he is legitimate. So we're moving on to week fifteen. The Seahawks back on the East Coast. Another ten AM start game against Washington, who went three and thirteen last year. You got Ron Rivera taking over as the head coach after leaving Carolina. He brought his offensive coordinator Scott Turner with him. And then he brought in Jack Del Rio, who was the former head coach for Oakland as the defensive coordinator. I quite like the hire of Rivera. It's kind of in opposite direction to any move that Dan Snyder's made in the previous five, six, seven years in that, for that franchise. So it is, it's a very like cons- a move which consolidates everything they're kind of going to do for the next couple of years. But I'm not sure if they've done much else outside of that. Obviously, they've got Landon Collins still patrolling that defensive backfield. Dwayne Haskins might be good, but he, he didn't show much to hold the hat on that peg kind of thing. And obviously, they've got Terry McLaurin, who was who was touted by Doug Baldwin about a year ago, and Doug Baldwin was proven right as he often is with, especially with other receivers in the draft, it's quite strange. But um, but yeah, I think McLaurin, uh, the running back guys is kind of, could be interesting. But again, like we talked about the slate in November. This is kind of the, this is not a bad way to come out of the Buffalo LA expedition. Yeah, Chase Young uh, with the second overall pick, he'll, He'll be there, but uh, and Thomas Davis is still in the league, a linebacker. Oh, wow. They brought him in from the Chargers, obviously was a big part of that defense in Carolina for so many years. Uh, they added a couple former Seahawks, J.D. McKissick added, as well as Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Wow, I, I did not know KPI was still in the league. He's, um, he's still around, me, yeah. I, mean, I think J.D. McKissick did okay for the Lions last year, so I didn't even short burst and spouse has, has been his way in the league, so it, it, it might be a different change of pace is uh is ap still in that team he, he is he? yeah god that's an old that's an old team uh-huh. wow <laughs> all right well that brings us into the final two weeks of the season the last home game for the seahawks just a couple days after christmas and it is december 27th one o'clock start time against the los angeles rams so the seahawks closing out the season in terms of their home schedule up against the rams I mean, there's going to be a lot of Christmas Day hangovers, a lot of Christmas Day hangovers flying up from LA, and then a lot of two-day hangovers are quite possible. And then, again, you're going to have to sit through Jared Goff throwing balls to Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers. It's 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 not a bad Christmas present at this point, I don't think. Obviously, I'm probably being too dismissive of the Rams at this point, but yeah. Um, I, I, it it does feel like the Rams are going to be in the cellar, right? Yeah. Of yeah, the AMC I, I, West. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think they're kind of in a flux on a lot of positions uh, on the offensive side. I mean, they're going to have to pay Cooper Cup at some point. I don't know where they're going to get that money from because they can't save money with draft picks because they trade them all away. So 
yeah, it's 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 gonna be a nice Christmas present, I think, for Seahawks fans. It's a nice way to finish the season, and hopefully, it won't be the last home game we have for this season. Yes, very true. Yeah, hopefully. I did. I don't know if I mentioned the other additions for the Rams. They did sign Ashawn Robinson, the defensive tackle from the Lions, a two-year, seventeen million dollar deal, and then they got Leonard Floyd out of Chicago, a former first round pick and just got him on a one year deal. So Andrew Whitworth, uh, he signed a three year deal. Uh, we talked about some of those uh, skins players who are old, but Andrew Whitworth, uh, I don't think he's got three years left in him. That's just I mean, that just kind of summons everything up with that. I mean, what are they doing? How I'd love to see the, the Christmas present less need by Sean McVay because his appearance on that sideline has saved his job without question i mean the fact he's still in one is somewhat of a surprise because um but yeah but also they kept michael brockers didn't they because he nearly went to the ravens and yes. then they signed might have been robinson who they signed and then they go now we'll pay you as well because why not um yeah so they yeah, have brockers and a sean robinson and aaron donald yeah yeah a trio of guys in the middle i guess <laughs> yeah i mean yeah and they've lost the guy who ran the the three four defense as well in way fits. I mean I'm not too sure what the new DC does, but it just it it doesn't seem like there's much of a plan and just hopefully Sean McVay can call fifteen good plays a week and that's enough. And then closing out the season, week seventeen going to be on the road in San Francisco. So we had the the division it was what, the NFC West championship essentially in Seattle last year and now they flip it around and it could it could work out to where the NFC West Championship is in San Francisco this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just after the Pac-12 Championship, I'm guessing as well. So yeah, it will be. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a it's, if if we're going to finish with two divisional games, they're the two I'd want to finish with every year because the Rams are just the Rams, and the 49ers are going to be a problem with Shanahan and all the weapons and how he makes the most of his weapons in comparison to how some accused our offensive coaches and staff have not putting our best players in the best positions. So it's, it's, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun to spoil their party and uh, start off their new year, the rotten way if we can go down there and win. And as you say, do something we didn't do at home last year and beat them and hopefully maybe win a division. But it's, yeah, it's it, like I say, if, if we're going to finish the season anyway, that's how I would want to do it every year with those two teams as the last two games. I like it. So I'm I'm not obviously we got through this whole schedule, Stu. We didn't make any predictions of individual games, but no. I am kind of curious of what you've kind of got in your mind for in terms of where do the Seahawks finish in the division or even a, a record prediction. I'm just going through the games now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and I don't, I don't want you to do every single one of the games in your head, but just you know, does does ten and six sound right? Does thirteen and three sound good? Just kind of where does your mind take you there, and uh, and as far as where that falls out within the division, because it is going to be a tougher division in terms of Arizona is going to be better. I don't think they're going to be like I said. I don't think they're going to be an above five hundred team. Maybe they make nine and seven. I don't know, but uh, I I do think that there's going to be a little bit of, of beating up on each other within the NFC West. Yeah. So I think, I think pre buy, I think I'll, I'll be disappointed if we lose two of those games before the buy, which will kind of stand us in good step for that November run. So yeah, I think, yeah, 10 and six kind of sits well, but I've got a, as you say, with the Cardinals being better, the Rams, the bills, 
in Buffalo is going to be tough. Um, and obviously, the, the end of the season in San Francisco is going to be tough. So, yeah, I think 10, 10 and 6 is going to be the season, I'd imagine. I would not be surprised if this is a, a 9 and 7 season. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if 10 and 6, 11 and 5 is enough to win this division this year. Because, as I said, I think this division is going to, they're going to kill each other like like we have so often in the past kind of thing. But yeah, I think 10 and 6 is as far as I could go with this team and with that schedule, just how it shakes out at this time. I think we're going to improve, Stu. I, I, I have tw- I have a feeling 12 and 4. That's that's where I'm, I'm feeling it right now because going up <laughs> against the NFC East, going up against the AFC East, and then you know Seahawks will be able to beat up on the Cardinals and Rams, and then uh, and you know what? Maybe the Cardinals get us once, like they do every single year. But uh, you know, split games with the 49ers too. I, that's, yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling twelve and four. Okay, okay, I, 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 I can I can buy into what you're selling, but I think yeah, I, I just I just think that November run up until the Giants is going to be uncomfortable. I think. Obviously, still a lot uh, off season to go. We'll have to see what they do with the pass rush on the defensive line, and uh, yeah, just just a lot more. And we'll have to see of of how the season's even going to shake out in terms of crowds and and you know when they're going to be able to start filling stadiums again. That's uh, there's mm. there's just so much that can happen in the next few months. Yeah, but it's just fun to talk about something else, isn't it? For right. a little while, like, that's that, that's what the best thing about the draft was. It was three days, two hundred fifty five picks, obviously. I couldn't name probably 40 of those picks, but it was just nice to avert the gaze for a few days and a few hours every night. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it'll be fun to churn the fat with people over here and people on socials and everything about the, the schedule when, as you say, it's just it's just nice to talk about something different. But also one thing on the past race is obviously the squad numbers as it is have come out today and Jaron Reed is still in 91. So maybe, maybe, yes. maybe not. But yeah, if people want to read way too much into that. <laughs> well, yeah, he did. He did call that he was going to take number 90 back. So, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's still not totally settled. Interesting. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll give us a little more to speculate about uh, in the in the weeks ahead. So, Stu, I know you guys got a lot going on, too. Over at the Pedestrian Podcast, you guys are doing a 2013 rewatch. Is that going to carry you through this offseason? Yeah, well, it, I thought so, but then everyone volunteered and everyone was really free all of a sudden because obviously of the current situation with lockdowns and working from home and the words furlough becoming a common phrase uh, at this time. So yeah, everyone's jumped up, everyone's watching. It's, it's just been, it's I've watched all the games with all the guys so far. Adam hasn't been able to so far, but it's just been fun. You kind of forget how good and how dominant that team was. I mean, I watched yesterday the Saints Monday night game where we, made Drew Brees look like Jared Goff for three hours. It was, it was incredible. And it's just, it was like, you forget how good that team was. I think, especially, especially, especially Marshall Lynch. Uh, He's just, Chris Carson is good and he's this and that, but Marshall Lynch is on a different stratosphere to Chris Carson. He he was incredible. Back in the day when Earl Thomas just seemed like a weird guy. And and (laughs) now, now we know he's kind of a weird guy. (laughs) Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, that that broke quite late over here. I was doing a Netflix binge, and I kind of saw his video. And I was like, "Oh, he's gonna like sour stuff like this happens, Stu. It it's just stuff like this happens. You, I mean, you and can half, relate. 
Yeah, then half an hour later, I mean, I, I cannot relate. I don't think I've, I don't think my, I think my parental controls are still on my internet to not allow me to relate that much to that. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's the most, it's, it's all my, like, it's Earl Thomas is kind of, like you say, he's a, he's always come across as a bit of a weird guy, and that's just the weirdest story. I think. It's a weird story. <laughs> I'm glad he's okay, of- though. I am glad that because uh, the situation could have been much worse. And I, I am glad Earl's okay and that we can maybe joke about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting what the Ravens do because it's. I mean, like, yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot of legalese which maybe is over our heads, but it's just it's 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 yeah. It's just the weirdest thing. I read it, read it this morning while I woke up and like clear eyes and everything it's just what on america man (laughs) well if you you know if you go off of the nfl.com story they play up earl thomas as the victim in all of this so that's uh that that may be where they're at in uh in this situation and and, you know he was a a victim in a sense but uh maybe a little bit self-inflicted but yeah crazy story but also if you read his wife's lawyer's statement it is the most jump around statement i think i've ever read oh Maybe in I haven't gotten since. that far yet. Maybe I need to do more in this. It's just some of the things they reference is just what is just unnecessary. But it's yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's it's a wild story which I don't think has died down just yet. But it's it's just very strange though. It's the Ravens again, isn't it? And they don't yeah. seem they seem to be run wild apart from these occasional flare ups which have Ray Rice, we allegedly Ray Rice, allegedly Ray Lewis back in the day. So it's it's kind of strange though. It's always seems to be the Ravens. It's it's a very weird like anomaly, which always seems to creep up, but it's a team and franchise which seems to be run pretty well in every aspect of it. But they just seem to always be the Baltimore Ravens star kind of thing. It's weird. Yeah. Well, we will leave it right there. If people want to check out the Pedestrian Podcast, where's the best way to find it? Uh, we post all our episodes on Podbean on Spotify, the Pedestrian Podcast Podbean dot com. Um, uh, via our Twitter, which is Seahawks UK, also have the Facebook page UK Seattle Seahawks fans, and then yeah, like we've done one, we put one episode of the 2013 rewatch. We've got another one coming this Sunday, uh, the Sunday after. Then the Sunday after that, or in a couple of weeks after that, will be we're going to get the few of the guys who've watched games together, and we're going to rewatch uh, Super Bowl 48, which should be a fun 45 minutes or so. But it's been fun. We're going to try and expand expand the content we get out in these lockdown times as well. So yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to this season working with and chatting up with that, chatting up with Adam every 10 days or so through a, a weird off season already and weird upcoming off season as well. So yeah, if, if, if people haven't checked us out, and those who have who listened to this as well, I really appreciate everyone. Yeah. If you're listening listens, to the show and you that. haven't checked out Stu's podcast, the pedestrian podcast, you know, that's uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know what, if they've heard the show, they, they, they know where you are, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that and I appreciate obviously all your your support off off camera as well and when we've had the opportunity to uh share a beer over over here and over in New York and Seattle as well so yeah, we do appreciate all your help over the last last few years so yeah a massive thanks for having me on as well it's uh nearly 2 a.m over here so you gotta get to bed man <laughs> i do <laughs> he's Stuart court of the pedestrian podcast be sure and check it out and check out fieldgoals.com lots of schedule talk there to check out as well and we will be back right here on the podcast uh, probably either tomorrow or the next day talking more seahawks so until then go hawks <laughs>